Welcome to the Frontline Podcast for Christian Men, a place where men can find encouragement and strength to remain standing when the battles of life are closing in all around. A place where men will hear honest truth that will equip them and arm them to keep fighting in faith against the enemy's daily opposition. Gentlemen, you and I have been enlisted by God in the spiritual war as good soldiers of Jesus Christ, and the enemy wants to steal your joy and rob you of your peace. He wants to divide and destroy your marriages and your families. He wants to distract you from fulfilling the plans and purposes of God. And with his accusations and lies, he will tempt you to give in to fear, doubt, shame, and condemnation. But today, gentlemen, we refuse to allow him to take the win. And today we will stand in the victory that the Lord has won for us. Gentlemen, my brothers in Christ, welcome to the front line. Attack the objective. Well, hey, gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Frontline Podcast for Christian Men. It's been a couple weeks since I've been able to record a podcast. Life has been a little bit busy for this guy, but it feels great to be back in the saddle with the microphone in front of my mouth. I love recording this podcast and I hope that you enjoy listening. Uh, I hope that and pray that uh, the, the Lord is encouraging you. You're finding encouragement from God in this podcast uh, because I know how hard the battle can get, how tiring the battle can get, tiring the battle can get uh, and be when you are at war um, for Jesus, man. You're in the spiritual battle and the spiritual war on the front lines. And so uh, it's great to, to be back uh, last night. Watch game three of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Because if you're new to the podcast, I'm a good old Canadian boy. <laughs> so I'm close to Toronto and I'm about an hour away from Toronto. So I got a route for the Leafs. They pulled it off game three in Tampa Bay. It was a great game. Exciting end. Morgan Riley scored with about like in, in the first overtime. Morgan Riley shot it from the point and it made its way through all the players and up in the top left corner. And uh, we, the, the Leafs, I say we, as if I'm part of the team. <laughs> the Leafs won, baby. They won in overtime with about, I think, like 40 seconds left. And so that was pretty exciting to finish that way. Um, so I'm rooting for the Leafs. Hopefully they can finally make it at least out of round one this year in the playoffs. We'll see what happens. Uh, if you listen to my last podcast, I was talking about uh, when we need, when a man needs direction from God. And um, I think that was the last podcast. It's been a little while. <laughs> but anyways, I was talking about how um, some changes. It might have been that one. I forget. I forget. And I'm not going to try to think here on the spot. But anyways, I talked about when there's some changes that are coming. And uh, yes, making difficult decisions. That's what it was. When a man needs direction and we need to make some difficult decisions uh, in our lives. And we all face those times where we have to make difficult decisions as men. And, uh, I've been in a season where I've had to make some decisions in my life. And I mentioned that on the last podcast. And, uh, just to kind of fill you in, uh, I gave my notice at my job uh, a couple weeks ago. I gave four weeks notice. Um, I've been in a management, a management position at my current job, uh, for almost four years now, and the Lord is leading my wife and I and our family into a new direction, and it involves um, just a lot of change. So I gave my notice, and 
the lord has opened up another job opportunity for me it'll be less hours so that i can focus more of my time on the ministry that i'm involved in uh, for those of you who've listened for a while you know i'm also a pastor at a church i've been assisting my dad for about seven six years now at the church that he planted eight years ago and i've i've been assisting him my wife and i have been serving in worship leading and and i've been preaching every other week and uh and just doing the assistant role as much as i can with while working full time um and so time's always been a little bit of a of an issue with how much time and energy i can put into uh the ministry but god's been good god's been faithful and uh and so anyways in september so in about just over four months from now i will take the lead pastor role at my church so God is transitioning us into the lead pastor role um, at our church. My wife and I are going to take the helm, as it were, and uh, run with our vision. God's given a lot of vision to my wife um, for for future things that we want to see happen in the church. And uh, we're excited to, together, um, as husband and wife, to take uh, the lead and the lead role and i'm and i feel that god's prepared me to take the lead pastor role and uh, so we're stepping into it we're in a transition and and that's a huge change in our life right now and uh and of course i'll be starting in a new job next in one week i'll be starting a job my new job and uh we also for those of you who have listened for a while we've had a uh, uh for 14 years now we've had a trailer up uh, a couple hours away from where we live where we've been going for 14 years as a family. Uh, it's near a great lake, Wasaga Beach in Ontario, Georgian Bay. Beautiful up there. We've had a lot of memories there, a lot of great times there. Uh, but that season has also come to an end. We sold our trailer. Uh, it's an older trailer, but we sold it to um, a, a family uh, that's going to be taking it over. And that becomes official next weekend. I go up, I meet the guy, and I give him the key, and we do the, do the exchange. So there's a lot of change that has been happening in my life and in my marriage, our life together and in our family. God has been transitioning us. And if you've heard the last number of podcasts, you've probably heard different ways that I've mentioned that, how God has been leading us in some new directions. And it's it's very uncomfortable. The Lord told us at the beginning of the year through a prophetic word um, that he gave to my wife that we to, we are to embrace the uncomfortable. And so we've been doing that. We've been experiencing what that looks like, what that means, and uh, and God is leading us forward. And so I would appreciate it if you could keep us in prayer. Uh, absolutely, we, we'd greatly appreciate that as uh, we don't know everything that's coming down the pipeline, but we do know change is at the doorstep and we're stepping into it. And there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of questions that we have. Uh, but we are excited and we're trusting God. And it doesn't just affect me just because you hear my voice only. Change affects, in my in my life, change affects my, my wife and I because we are in this together. We've been called to the ministry together. We've been called to be one together, of course, in marriage. And then we have two teenage uh, kids who are growing up so quickly um, and this affects them as well. And they're a part of this as well. And so there's there's four people here within my direct family that are, are moving into this new uh, territory, the unknown, stepping into the unknown. And it's exciting and it's scary 
uh, and there's a lot of questions and there's a lot of anticipation and expectation. And so, you know, the end goal down the road is is that I eventually be I'm able to be in full time ministry uh, so that I can which includes this podcast um, because of this transition and all that it's entailed, a lot of meetings, a lot of attention, a lot of uh, focus lately um, with quitting my job and all these things. That's why I've been not able to record the last two weeks. And so my desire is to continue to record a weekly podcast uh, for you, the listener. And uh, and so, but that takes time. And uh, and so I'm, I'm moving forward, trusting God that this season is is all being directed by him uh, with the goal of being able to do full-time pastoral ministry and podcast ministry alongside my wife and our kids. And so anyways, that I told you on last episode, I'd fill you in on the changes and the decisions that I've had to be making. Um, and so that's it right there. And so I'll keep you posted as we move forward. But with saying all that, we are going to get to today's podcast. All right, all right, all right. Let's see what we've got. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. We are talking today, gentlemen, about when a man is haunted by his past. When a man is haunted by his past. Now, the reality is, we all know this, that we all have a past. Of course we do. Every single day that was beyond yesterday is part of your past. You know, I'm 41 years old. I don't know how many days that is, but every day since yesterday and every day beyond that, before that, that's all part of Matt Knowles' past. And that's a lot of days. And there's a lot of things that have unfolded in those days and in my past, but we all have a past. And the reality is, is that we can do nothing with our past. Our past is over. You cannot go back in time to rewrite your past. You can't go back in time to change the choices that you made in your past. You can't go back in time to take back words that were said from your mouth with your lips in your past. It's it's settled. You can't go back in time. It's over with. You can't change the things that brought shame and regret and and selfish choices that you made. What's done is done. That's the reality of our past. And what we are left with from our past are two things. Number one, the choices that you made in your past will bring consequences to your present life now. And maybe as I said that sentence, you're thinking of things in your past that you did, choices that you made, gentlemen. You've owned it. You've accepted it. It wasn't anybody else's fault. There is, it's something that you did, and now you're reaping the consequence for it, right? As a scenario, possibly in your past, you had sex out of marriage and a baby was conceived and born because of that choice. And that baby is a tremendous blessing and a gift from God, no question there. But maybe it was born into a situation that wasn't great, into maybe an unsettled relationship, uh, not a faithful relationship, maybe at an extremely young age, you're not ready for it, but the choice was made and the consequence was given. 
Now, God can redeem those consequences. And that's just one example, right? Maybe you were foolish with some financial decisions that you made in your past, and now you're you're reaping the consequences of like a heavy debt load, and you're just trying to scrape your way out of debt. That's a consequence from your past. We all that that's inevitable. Consequences are inevitable. Every choice has a consequence, whether it's good or bad. Like the Bible teaches in various passages and like the principle that even the world knows, what you sow, you're going to reap, right? If you sow uh, tomato seeds in your garden, you're going to get absolutely tomato plant, right? You're not going to get something else. So you get what you what you sow. It comes back to you. Um, so that's number one. We get consequences from things that we make and choose choices that we make in our past. But what I want to focus on right now is the memories that come from our past. There are memories right now in your mind, in your thoughts that you have because of choices that you made in your past. And those memories are the thing that will haunt us the most from our past. That's what we're talking about. When a man is haunted from his past, and that is that happens in the form of our thoughts and the memories from our past. There's a lot of things in my past that I have memories with that I don't want to think about, but sometimes the enemy will bring those memories to the forefront of my mind uh, because he likes to condemn us with the selfish, sinful choices that we made. And so he loves to stir up those memories, those old memories of things that you did, places that you went, right? Words that you said, choices that you made. And the enemy loves to do this. This is um, actually a way of how he torments us from our past. He loves to torment us uh, with memories from our past. He wants to use these things to rob us of our peace, to rob us of our sleep, rob us of our joy. And he tries, in fact, to make us doubt that Jesus has covered us um, and those choices from our past. You see, those sinful things that you did, when you confessed them to Jesus, you were forgiven of those sinful choices that you made in your past. They were covered by the blood of Jesus. His grace has covered you. Uh, you no longer have condemnation. There's no condemnation to people that are in Jesus Christ. And so those things have been cleansed and forgiven by Jesus. But the enemy wants to torment you from memories from your past to make you believe that they're still part of you, that Jesus has not forgiven you, that Jesus still holds those things against you. And that's not true. But that brings absolute torment to our mind because of these memories that the enemy will bring up. And you, you need to understand and know and believe that that's all a part of your past. It's, not a pe- a, it's no longer a part of your present. Amen? So the things of your past, gentlemen, listen, th- the things of your past, they have nothing to do with you anymore. It's simply in the rear view mirror. It's no longer a part of your present. But Satan loves to bring those memories up. All the people that you've hurt, all the places that you've gone, all the things that you've done, these memories haunt you. And so I want to start this podcast off with some scripture, um, some truth from the Bible, from God's word, some truth that's going to immediately set you free and remind you as a man that your past is of your past and it has nothing to do with you anymore. 
Listen to 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. I'm going to grab a sip of water here. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins to God, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. So those things you've done in your past that were sinful, as you were doing them, you knew they were sinful. You knew those things were against God's will for your life. You sensed the grieving of the Holy Spirit inside of your heart. You knew that you were sinning against God. And then you were left in shame and guilt, and you felt awful because of your sin. You heard the voice of the Holy Spirit, his conviction. You felt the condemnation of the enemy. And so you chose in those, in that day to take that sin that you committed and you confessed it to God. You said, God, I just sinned against you. I, I make no excuses. I own my sin. I confess it to you. And as you confess that sin, gentlemen, you need to know that that was completely forgiven. It's no longer remembered by God. He forgave you of that sin. He doesn't hold it against you anymore. And the Bible says that all of your unrighteousness has been cleansed. So you need to, you need to know that. So when the enemy brings up your past and your past sins that have been forgiven and tries to make you think that they haven't been forgiven, you need to remind him of 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. You say, "No, Satan, I confess that sin to God." You're right. I did that sin. I made that choice, but I gave it to Jesus. It's under the blood. I'm forgiven and I'm clean. And you don't sit in that condemnation of the memories of your past that Satan will bring to your thoughts. Amen? Isaiah 43, verse 25. God says, I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. Right? I touched on it when I spoke about 1 John 1, verse 9. But God says here in Isaiah 43 that when he forgives you of your sin, he no longer holds it against you, gentlemen. Let that free you right now. Let that bring freedom to your life right now. That God, when he forgives you, he no longer remembers your sin. He remembers your sin no more, the Bible says. He forgets about it. And so your mind will bring up all of those sinful things that you did. And the enemy will try to hold all of those sinful things that are part of your past against you again. And your mind will condemn you and Satan will condemn you. But Jesus won't condemn you. He will not hold the sin that's been forgiven in your life. He will no longer hold that sin against you anymore. You are free. You are forgiven. You are cleansed from the sin of your past based on your confession of that sin to God. Amen. That's beautiful. You need to hold on to that truth in God's word, gentlemen. Romans chapter 8, verse 1, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Listen, when you put your faith in Jesus, when you confess that he is your Lord, your sins have been forgiven, you've turned from your wicked ways, you are now following Jesus Christ. You're picking up your cross daily and following truthfully in faith, in humility. You're following Jesus Christ. You are a Christian. Your life is now hidden in Jesus Christ. That's who you are. It doesn't matter your shortcomings. It doesn't matter your failures. It doesn't matter the things that you stumble in presently in your life. Your life, gentlemen, is hidden in Jesus Christ. And the Bible says in Romans 8, chapter 1, there is no condemnation for those people who are in Christ Jesus. 
That's you, gentlemen. You cannot be condemned because your life is in Christ Jesus and your sin is has been washed away and it is forgotten about and it's no longer held against you. You are not condemned. You are loved and fully accepted just as you are because your life is hidden in Jesus Christ. Beautiful. These scriptures that we're reading, you need to hold on to them by faith and know that this is truth. This is the truth of God's word. You are clean because of Jesus. You are forgiven because of Jesus. You are saved because of Jesus. You are new. You are new because of Jesus. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. All things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. You are a new man because of Jesus Christ washing your old man away. All those old things of your past, they're washed away. And behold, all things, gentlemen, in your life because of Jesus and his grace and his mercy in your life for you, gentlemen, all things have become new. Amen? You and I are new creations in Christ Jesus, but the enemy doesn't want you to believe this. Satan does not want you to believe that you are a new man because of Jesus. Satan doesn't want you to believe that all of your sins have been forgiven. Satan wants you to believe that you are condemned and that you are too sinful, too evil, too perverse for God. How could God ever love you? How could Jesus ever accept you the way that you are, gentlemen? You're so filthy. You're so sinful. You're so selfish. You're so perverted. Those are all lies of the enemy because he doesn't want you to believe that, no, you are a new man in Christ Jesus and you are not condemned. You are loved and fully accepted because your sins have been forgiven. He doesn't want you to believe that, but you have to believe the word of God over your own feelings, over your own thoughts, and over the lies of the devil. It's true. And a huge weapon that the enemy will use against us is the memories of our past. You know, you've heard it said before that when Satan reminds you of your past, we are to remind him of his future. And that is true. And I know it sounds a little bit cliche and a little bit cheesy as well to a certain degree, but it's true. So when the enemy lies to you about your past and reminds you of the things from your past, you need to tell him, you know what? It's true. All of those things you're telling me about my past, it's true. But then you begin to tell him, listen, but Jesus has washed those things away. I'm forgiven. I'm new. I'm clean. And then you remind him, Satan, you're defeated in the name of Jesus. You're you're under the feet of Jesus Christ. And I have all authority over you, according to Luke chapter 10. I have all authority because of Jesus Christ over you, Satan. And then you begin begin to rebuke him in the name of Jesus and you resist his lies and his temptations against you in Jesus name and you remind him that he is a defeated enemy he is a defeated foe amen because you've been forgiven and cleansed by Jesus Christ and he he's a defeated enemy all he can do is lie the Bible says he's the father of all lies he likes to lie and make you believe those lies but gentlemen you cannot believe those lies when it comes to the memories of your past. So what do we do with our past? What That's the big question here. What do we do with these things of our past? Well, it's found here in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18. And it's found in the first four words of this verse. 
Isaiah 43, 18, forget the former things. That's what you need to do with your past. Forget your past. Now, I know that's easy to say because the Bible says it, and so I can read it here on this podcast. I understand that me telling you to forget your past is one thing, but then for you to actually do it is another thing. But the Bible says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on your past. Excuse me, that's right there in Isaiah 43, 18. God wants you to forget the former things, and God wants you to not dwell upon your past. That is a work of the enemy, and you don't want to live there. You can't live there. When those thoughts come to your mind, you need to immediately pull those thoughts down and take them captive to the obedience of Christ Jesus like the Bible teaches. You have to, and I know that's hard to do because the enemy makes your past very believable that it's still part of your present, but it's not. God is saying, forget the former things and don't dwell upon your past. And we do this by fixing our thoughts on truth. We forget our past simply by fixing our thoughts on truth, on the word of God. There's a lot of voices in our world, all on social media, all on news, everywhere, in our jobs. We hear all the opinions of everybody around us. And we have to fix our thoughts on truth to overcome the memories of our past. This is how we overcome it, by fixing our thoughts on God's truth. Amen? Truth about who we are in Christ Jesus. But more importantly, truth about who God really is for us, who Jesus really is for us. And we take the reality of who we are in Christ and who Christ is for us, and we shove that truth in the face of the condemnation of our past. We shove it in our past and we say, no, my past has nothing to do with me. I am hidden in Christ Jesus and Jesus Christ is my God, my Savior, my Lord of my life right now. And you shove that truth in the face of your past. That's how we overcome it. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in the scriptures in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 to 14. He says, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward, looking forward to what lies ahead. Notice that Paul says, I focus on one thing, In this particular time of Paul's life, he's like, there's one thing that I'm focused on, one thing, and that is forgetting the past. That's how powerful it can be, the memories of our past that haunt us and torment us, gentlemen. And Paul's like, I focus on one thing, and that thing is forgetting the past and focusing on what lies ahead. Gentlemen, I don't care what your past looks like. No matter what sin and shame that your past is made up of, if you are a new creation in Christ Jesus, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, God has great things in your future. God has incredible plans for your life down the road. God has great things coming down the pipeline in your life. And you need to do what Paul did. You need to focus on the things that are ahead and forget the things of your past. That's where you can find freedom is when you stay focused on the things that God has for your life, for your marriage, for your family, 
in the future. Amen. That's what we have to do. Paul said, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. So why did Paul have to focus on forgetting his past? Well, the reality is because Paul had a really bad past. And we have to be focused. We have to be men who are focused right now. There are so many distractions against us that want to take us back to the things that we used to be, the men that we used to be in our past. Gentlemen, we have to be focused upon what God is doing right now and upon what God is doing in our future, the things that lie ahead. Now listen, so before Paul, the Apostle Paul, knew Jesus, his name, in fact, was Saul. And Saul was a religious Pharisee. He was a very educated Jew, and he was known as a Pharisee. He knew the law. He loved the law, right? The Old Testament He loved the Jewish rules. He hated Jesus, though. He loved the law, but he hated Jesus. That's a problem, okay? You might love the scriptures, but hate Jesus. You're not going to go very far. And this was Saul's reality of his past before he knew Jesus. And he hated Jesus' followers. He hated Christians, Notice what Paul says about his past when he was Saul and when he hated Jesus Christ. He says, I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. He's like, you tell me the rules, I'll follow them. You tell me the law, I'll follow the law. I'll be zealous for the law. I'll preach the law. But Jesus, no, he's not my Messiah. He's not my Savior. I I hate Jesus, and I hate you if you are a follower of Jesus. That was the past of the Apostle Paul. That's why he had to forget his past, because he harshly persecuted the people of God, Christ followers. He would harshly persecute them. Notice this one account that comes from the past of the Apostle Paul, when he harshly persecuted Christ's followers. This is the account of, you might be familiar in Acts chapter 7, of the stoning of Stephen. Stephen was a preacher of Jesus Christ. He was a follower of Jesus Christ, and he was not ashamed to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And Saul, uh, excuse me, Stephen at this time was preaching before the Pharisees and before the religious Jews. He was preaching basically the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was preaching an incredibly long sermon. You can read it there in Acts chapter 6 and 7. And, and Stephen was just reading, uh, excuse me, uh, preaching about Christ. And Saul and the Jewish leaders hated it. And listen to what Acts chapter 7, verse 54 through 60 says. The Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusations, and they shook their fists at him in rage. But Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit. He gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told them, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And then these men who were infuriated, they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. They're like, no, I don't want to hear this, Jesus. I don't want to hear your preaching, right? You see that even in our world today, people, the Bible says in Romans one, that people suppress the truth. They don't want to hear it. They, they, they put their fingers in their ears. They don't want to hear truth. It actually infuriates people that are against God. 
It's amazing how truth will do that. So they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. They rushed at Stephen and they dragged him out of the city and they began to stone Stephen. Now, stoning is not taking little, you know, little rocks or pebbles and just chucking them at them. It's actually taking massive, you know, soccer ball size stones, rocks in your their hands and literally bashing them. That's what stoning was like. It was vicious. It was horrible. It was horrifying. It was brutal. It was it was painful. It was torture for people who were being stoned. And they started doing that to this man because he's preaching truth and he's preaching Jesus. They dragged him out of the city and they began to stone him. And his accusers took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul, also known as the Apostle Paul. So Saul, before he knew Jesus, hated Jesus hated Christ followers, and was at this time watching these men, these religious Jews, stone Stephen to death. Verse 59, and as they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he fell to his knees shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. They stoned Stephen to death in the presence of Saul. Notice what Acts chapter 8 verse 1 says. Saul was one of the witnesses and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. Saul was in absolute favor of the stoning of Stephen because he wanted Stephen dead. He harshly persecuted people. This is part of the Apostle Paul's past. No wonder why Paul says there's one thing I do that is forgetting my past and looking forward to what Jesus has ahead of me. No wonder. Now, I have a a, a past that I like to forget about, but I've never had a past of watching somebody be brutally beaten to death because of their love for Jesus Christ. I could imagine the tormenting thoughts that Paul must have had to fight and endure in his life. The memories that Satan would bring up to Paul about his former days of when he used to harshly persecute God's people. Awful. This is all part of Saul's past. He persecuted and agreed to the killing of people who loved Jesus. Acts chapter 8 continues. A great wave of persecution then began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. Notice how Saul, a great leader of the religious Jews then, he was a great Pharisee. People saw his example of of agreeing to this, the death of Stephen. And now the Bible says great, a wave of great persecution began that day, right? Everyone's like following the example of Saul. Oh, if he did it, oh, I'm going to do the same as him. And now great persecution swept the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers except the apostles were scattered throughout the religions of, uh, excuse me, the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning. But Saul, listen, Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. Notice that. He went from house to house. 
literally physically dragging men and women out of their homes because they loved Jesus and he would persecute them. And I wonder how many more of these people died at the hands of even Saul potentially. The Bible doesn't clearly say that, but we notice that he agreed with the death and killing of Stephen. So I wonder how many accounts weren't recorded where Saul agreed that they should die or the least being thrown into prison. This is awful. No wonder why Paul said, I focus, man, I focus on this one thing. Every morning I wake up, I got to fix my thoughts on who I am in Jesus now. I'm no longer Saul. I am Paul. I'm no longer the former man that I used to be. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. No wonder why Paul had to be so focused and so fixed on focusing on what Jesus had for him in his future because of his horrible past. And we have to be the same, gentlemen. We have to be men who are focused on Jesus and the truth of God's word and the things that God has in our future, forgetting our past. All the memories that try to creep up into our thoughts again, all the memories that Paul had to push back and say, no, I'm not going there anymore. I wonder how many homes Saul invaded. I wonder how many people that Saul hurt. I wonder how many families were torn apart and broken because of his attacks from house to house, like the Bible says. And Satan probably tormented Paul at times because of his past. But notice here, when Jesus met Saul, if you know your Bibles, you know, Saul was on another mission heading to Damascus to torment and in prison and potentially maybe kill other Christians as well. And Jesus met him on the road to Damascus. Jesus comes down and there's a shining light and Saul is knocked off his horse and he's blinded by the glory of Jesus Christ. He was on his way to invade other Christians, to personally, uh, excuse me, to harshly persecute other Christians. But Jesus met him right where he was on that road. Jesus revealed himself to Saul. Jesus had mercy on Saul and Jesus saved Saul. And now Jesus gave Saul a new name because Saul is a new creation. He has found Jesus now. He's received Jesus' grace. He's received Jesus' forgiveness, Jesus' mercy. And now he's a new man. And notice that now he's no longer called Saul. That is who he was in his past. He is now Paul. And Jesus is like, listen, you used to persecute me. Now you are going to preach about me. You used to persecute my people. Now you are going to love my people. Now you are going to be an example for my people. You used to hate the church of Jesus Christ. Now you are going to start to plant churches who are going to worship and preach Jesus Christ. And he blinded him for three days. And then he told Ananias to go and, and pray for Saul, you'll find him praying. And and Ananias went and he and he prayed for Saul. And Jesus is like, "Listen, your past is now just that. It is your past. It is washed away by my grace, by my blood. You are mine. You are my instrument." The Bible says, "Jesus said that you are my chosen instrument, Paul, to go and 
preach Jesus Christ, the Jesus that you've persecuted all of these years. Now you are going to preach him and souls will be won and churches will be planted and lives will be saved by my grace because of your preaching and your missionary work and your ministry, Paul. And I give you a new name because your past is wiped away and you are a new creation. And he gave him a new name and he had a new beginning. And gentlemen, I want to encourage you that no matter what your past looks like, Jesus wants to make everything new in your life. And maybe somehow you're a you're not a Christian and you're listening to this podcast. If you're a, not a Christian, if you are not a follower of Jesus Christ, I want you to know that today is your day. You can put your faith in Jesus Christ today. The Bible teaches in Romans chapter 10 that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It says in John 3.16 that God so loved you, the world, that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in Jesus will not perish but have everlasting life. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 that we are saved by grace through our faith in Jesus Christ. So put your faith in Jesus today. Confess all of your sins, gentlemen, today. And, and his Holy Spirit will come and live inside of you today. And you'll walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And you will become a new man today. And all of your past will be washed away in the blood of Jesus Christ, by the grace of Jesus Christ. And all things will become new in your life, like we talk about, like in 2 Corinthians 5.17. And you will become a new man. And you will be given a new name, a new beginning, a new start. And when the enemy brings up your past, you tell him, that no longer has anything to do with me. That is said and done. I forget that which is behind me and I press forward to that which lies ahead of me and to the things that Jesus has in store for me. I don't know how many more years you had to have ahead of you in your life. I don't know how many more years I have ahead of me in my life, but I'm focused. I'm focusing, gentlemen, on what lies ahead. And that is what God wants you to do today in your life. So gentlemen, listen, I hope that you're encouraged and challenged and, and strengthened by today's podcast that, that when you are haunted by the things of your past, you need to fight those things with the truth of God's word. Amen. So listen, gentlemen, if you want to reach out to me, I would love to hear from you. If if you have things that you need prayer for, you can email me, standingonthefrontline at gmail.com. You can connect with me on social media, on Instagram and Facebook at The Frontline Man. You can also watch the podcast on YouTube um, at The Frontline Man on YouTube. Just type in The Frontline Podcast for Christian Men. You'll find it. Subscribe there. Share it with your friends. Um, do me a favor. Leave a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave a review for the podcast. If you're encouraged by this, that'll help the algorithm. I'd really appreciate that. And again, just to remind you, every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we have Frontline Men's Zoom Prayer. I'd love for you to join. If you're interested in that, email me and let me know, and I'll make sure you're on the list that I send out for the Frontline Men's Prayer on Zoom. So gentlemen, listen. Forget those things that are in your past and move forward. Look forward to the great things that God has in store for your life. So until next time, gentlemen, just keep standing on the front line, keep fighting for the glory of Jesus, 
We'll see you next time. God bless. Thanks for joining me on the front line. We're done here. Time to go. I hope that you were challenged, equipped, and encouraged to remain standing for Jesus, your marriages, your families, and the plans and purposes of God for your life. I am prepared. I'd love to connect with you. Follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at The Frontline Man. Follow me and you're in good company. Watch the podcast on YouTube. Watch it. And also email me questions, comments, or prayer requests at standingonthefrontline at gmail.com. I just want to talk. One more thing. If you could please leave me a review and rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, this would really help spread the word of the podcast to other listeners around the world. I'm looking for someone to share in an adventure. Until next time, gentlemen, keep standing, keep fighting for the glory of God. We stand ready.